0: Hey everyone, and thanks for listening. Today I'm speaking with Yevgeny Pat, CEO and founder of CloudQuery, a data integration platform that's raised 18 and a half million in funding. Yevgeny, thanks for chatting with me today. Thanks, Brad.
1: Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, no problem. So to kick things off, can we just start with a quick summary of who you are and maybe just a bit more about your background?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm Yevgeny, I'm based in Tel Aviv. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Basically, I've been doing startups for the last 10 years. It's my third company right now that I'm building been doing a lot of dev tools, uh, developer tools, security tools. My first startup, actually, if I go from where I started, so I actually started my career at the cybersecurity intelligence unit uh, in Israel, been there for four and a half years, did a lot of cybersecurity, and then kind of started slowly my startup journey, joined one startup, which was acquired very quickly, like I think in about eight months by Checkpoint which is a security company, a also network competitor. And then I thought, okay, like that thing is easy. I also wanna be rich and just like work for eight months and then be acquired. So that's how I started my startup journey and with the wrong uh, examples or lessons to, to learn from. So started my first email security company in 2015. And then I found out that actually it's not like that, that it was pure luck. And it's not usually happening, and actually it's pretty hard. So been doing uh, that startup for like two and a half years and then realized that I want to focus on dev tools. that I'm a bit too young to focus like on enterprise email security startup since kind of 2017, been doing dev tools. worked on a self-funded kind of bootstrap project, which was fuzzed.dev which was the CI for fast testing. And that was acquired by GitLab in 2020. Been there for a while and then had my last gig, Cloud Query. So that's the quick history. Amazing, I love it.
0: And a couple of questions that we like to ask, really just to better understand what makes you tick as a founder and as an entrepreneur. First one is what founder or CEO do you admire the most and what do you admire about them?
1: Yeah, so I guess there is no one founder that I admire the most, I guess like kind of like the same as like, there is no one person that I admire the most, I just like admire different people, whether they're experienced, not experienced, did interesting things or smart people. So I kind of just like to learn from different people that I meet along the way, or maybe read about them, but there is no one person. That's kind of my, my motto, I guess. Are there any that come to mind that, you know, you draw inspiration from? I guess there are. The usual suspects, but it just, I like the people that I work with right now, for example, right? And I, I draw inspiration from them, like from the team that I work with, from the investors that I work with. So there is like, you know, that one founder, you know, that I read and then I do everything that he did, right? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. What about books? Is there a specific book that's had a major impact on you as a founder? Yes, I guess there were definitely like few books that I learned. I think when I started my first startup journey when I didn't know anything, I tried like to I read all the like classics, which is like the hard things about the hard thing, and like startup and like all the other like two sides of the table and books about VCs. And uh, yeah, then it gets a bit repetitive and then you realise okay, like that's what the world knows about that area and then you have to figure the rest out and uh, yeah, there is no one to, to teach you. But uh, yeah, like uh, first when I read The Hard Things About Hard Things, it was, I think the first business book that I read, I thought it's a great book. And then I read The Lean Startup and then I thought, oh, The Hard Things About Hard Things actually is a horrible book. So I guess it changes depending on where you are, you know, but then, yeah, I think those books are, are, of course, are classics, but at the end of the day, like similar pro probably to the previous answer, you know, like the knowledge The whole space is on you. So kind of the knowledge in the books is also limited. So pretty fast you get like getting saturated and then you have to figure stuff out on on your own. Yeah, makes a lot of sense.
0: Now let's switch gears here and let's dive a bit deeper into the company. So just at a product level, can you talk us through what the product does?
1: Yeah, sure. So we are an open source high performance CLT framework. So basically if you want to move data from different obscure APIs to any destination, any database, without writing that code, then you can use Cloud Query. For example, some of our like most popular connectors or integrations are AWS, GCP, Azure, so a lot of connectors around infrastructure. And as you know, AWS has more than 1000 APIs. So people use it to sync that like the metadata about their infrastructure to, let's say, Postgres or BigQuery or Snowflake, and then like, you know, even understand what they have and build various use cases on top, like assets inventories, solution, security reports. So yeah, basically, if you want to move data from one place to another, Cloud Query is is a good bet.
0: And take me back to February 2021, when you were first starting the company, what were those early conversations like with your co-founder? And what was it about this data integration problem that made you say, yep, that's it, let's build a company to solve that?
1: Yeah, so I started as a sole founder, had a lo- long move, but some of my thoughts when I just released the open source project, and the open source project was, I was actually looking at a lot of enterprise solution that did like asset inventories or security, like CSPMs, like all Alto networks or various like startups. And I was looking for an open source solution and then didn't find like anything really, and everything that I wanted is actually just to get the data and put it in the database, right? Because I didn't want like to learn a new query language or learn like to use yet another dashboard or like pay like a very high fee for, for that. So that's honestly was the first iteration of the open source project, which was just getting data from AWS APIs to Postgres. That's it. Like, and that got traction pretty fast and that very fast, like users started asking, Hey, can you add another destination? Can you add BigQuery? Can you add Snowflake? And then people ask, Hey, can you add also GCP and Azure and Shopify and then we are like, okay, it's not AWS, the Postgres product, but it's like, actually we are in the ELT business. So we are building an ELT framework and that's some of the source connector, that's some of the destination connectors. And like, we need to design the framework in such a way that we can decouple sources, decouple destinations. Other developers can write their own destinations. So that's how like basically it's turned into a framework. And when you were
0: first getting your paying customers, you know, what was that journey like and, and how did you manage to get
1: your first paying customers? Yeah. So the first paying customer was actually like a support and a fast support contract. Like so big enterprise that started using it and like it's quite common that some big enterprises like using the open source self-hosted, like using open source self-hosted products and yeah, they basically pay mostly for support. Uh, especially popular, like in financial institutions, where you know there is a lot of regulation around data, so they self-host a lot of like the solutions, and open source is a good fit for that. And then they just pay for like for support, you know, so they can have someone to talk and ask for whether features or fixes or whatever it is. So that's how we got the first customer. So I think the most popular use cases are around the cloud asset inventories, like multi-cloud asset inventories, CSPMs, uh, FinOps. So it's like really the DevOps platform, security engineer, that kind of trying to make sense of the 10,000 AWS account that they have to manage and whether they have to lower costs or improve security posture, or just like understand what's what's going on and improved compliance. And if we look at the competitive landscape, you know, what does that
0: look like from a data integration perspective?
1: Yeah. So the data from the data space, like they're the usual suspects, like Fivetran, which is like a closed source solution, mm-hmm. mostly they are focused on marketing connectors, so I don't think you can find like infrastructure connectors there, not, not for what reason exactly, but it's not there, but still like from data integration and like, they're an ELT tool. And then from open source side, you have things like Airbyte. Airbyte is written in in Java. And we kind of started in Go and focused a lot on performance because a lot of our initial use cases were around cloud infrastructure where performance is pretty, pretty critical. So yeah, I also don't think that they have like connectors around cloud infrastructure. But still, that's like the competitive landscape from the data side, right? And from the use case side, it's like sometimes native solutions, like AWS config or GCP asset inventory or security vendors, right? Like Palo Alto Networks, Prisma, or like other like security startups, right? So that that kind of, they compete on the use case and we see people, you know, use Cloud Query if they move want to move uh more towards an like data engineering approach and apply data engineering best practices to solve those problems and have direct access to their data.
0: And are there any numbers or metrics you can share that highlight the growth and adoption that you're seeing today?
1: Yeah, sure. So we can share some like high level kind of approximate metrics because we are at an open source tool. So we have anonymous analytics and uh, yeah you can opt out. But uh, like right now we are used by more than 150 companies around the world, ranging from small to medium to very large enterprises. And in a year, we grew from something around like 20 companies that were using us one year ago kind of at a bullpark, but uh, still the growth is, uh, yeah, was pretty solid this year. And uh, yeah, we're really excited to the next 12 months if we keep it on the same trajectory. And what do you attribute
0: to your success there? You know, obviously there's a lot of noise in the space. There's just a lot of noise in general for buyers and for for users themselves. So what have you done to really rise above the
1: noise and achieve that type of growth? So one is really building a good product. I think at that stage, at the beginning, it is actually really important, you know, to solve a pain point, like to build something much better or something that doesn't exist because, you know, if you don't have that like very early PMF, that doesn't matter the amount of marketing that you do. So yeah, just focusing a lot, a lot on the on the core product. And then yes, of course, like working a lot with developers. You know, we worked a lot around content marketing, trying to provide the best developer experience, a lot of tutorials, helping developers on board. But that's mostly organic growth and just be persistent with that having the right kind of cadence of releases, of marketing. We're small team. We're just eight people. So it's really kind of quality, persistence and execution.
0: And from your
1: fundraising efforts so far, what are some of the lessons that you've learned along the way? So we did our sit round two years ago and our round day exactly one year ago. And, you know, funding is like, of course, <laughs> one, sometimes it's it really depends on the margins, right? So a lot of kind of market timing and luck, of course. But then at the end of the day, I guess you have to focus on building the product. Everything else kind of usually falls into place if you have the base covered. Makes a lot of sense. And let's talk a little bit about challenges
0: that you've faced so far from a go-to-market perspective. So as you brought this to market, have there been any specific go-to-market challenges that you faced and overcome? And if so, what was the challenge and how'd you overcome it?
1: So I think at that stage, I would say we didn't have like go-to-market challenges, mostly because, yeah, we were that first and very PLG right from like, even before the CITRON, some of our first users, you know, just arrived at the GitHub repo and that we, you know, just double down on that, on that PLG motion. I would say because the product is pretty technical and it is a framework, writing the framework is actually really hard. The thing about, like very quickly, the thing about framework is if it's good, if it solves like a big pain point and a lot of use cases, then a lot of people will use your framework and it will be successful. If it's a leaky obstruction, then actually your framework will fall apart pretty quickly and then people will fall back to whatever they used before the framework and like finding that obstruction there is really a lot of trial and error a lot of iteration and that was i would say the most challenging part we started from v0 of our framework then it in like moved to v1 after one year and then moved after v2 and like that was i would say the most like challenging uh, part finding the sweet spot of the framework that other developers will also be able like to build on top. Kind of think like about it like React. There is one well, the React, and there is fifty like React that are already dead because they're just not good enough abstractions.
0: And if you were just starting the company again today from scratch, what's the
1: number one piece of advice you'd give to yourself? I think probably with even more effort into the framework. And actually we did one small mistake that we, now I remember. So it was, we did one small mistake that we fixed kind of quickly. When we started to see like the growth picking up, like after four months, like after our seed run, we even experimented with like a SaaS version, like trying to build the SaaS version right away. And it was like way too early because like the framework itself, the open source product still had so much work. And as a small company, you actually can do only one thing. So we couldn't really like do both. So we had like to quickly roll back and have, go back, focusing only on the open source and roll back like the, the managed version that we experimented with with, like one and a half years ago. So yeah, probably just know that you're going to work on the open source for, for quite a while. What do you think is the most important skill for a founder to have in today's environment? I would say like advice for founders is, it's really dependent on, you know, what you're building, where you are at. So kind of take everything, any advice with a grain of salt. I was building a lot of dev tools and doing a lot of bootstrap projects. So I was always trying to do more with less for as long as possible to be sure that something is working before you scale. Kind of like. A bit like building startup in the sense, right? A lot of lessons from there. So yeah, I, I would say like, yeah, do more with less and try to, you know, before you spend, try to check that things are really working and be honest with yourself. But, you know, I guess it depends, like maybe for someone who's building something else, like maybe you need to spend more actually and that advice is irrelevant. But, you know, that's my kind of, usually my take on, yeah, on startups.
0: And final question here for you. Let's zoom out into the future. So maybe three to five years from today,
1: what is that vision that you have for the company? So very quickly, I guess, you know, anything that wherever you need to move data from one place to another, I want Cloud Query to be there in some way or form. Right. And then, you know, we can build, you know, and if it, it happens that we can also provide a lot of value a job and then you know, Cloud Query really becomes this core infrastructure project, which is used in any data movement. That's basically it, you know, in the the modern data stack, there are a lot of competitors and I want Cloud Query to, to be that one that you know moves the data. Amazing,
0: I love it. Well, we are up on time, so we're gonna have to wrap here. Before we do, if people wanna follow along with your journey as you build and execute on this
1: vision, where should they go? I guess Twitter would be a good place. Our Discord, our GitHub, depending on where where they are at or LinkedIn, any place. Awesome, perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat, talk
0: about what you're building and share some of the lessons along the way. Really appreciate the time and wish you the best of luck in executing on this vision.
1: Thank you very much, Brad. I really enjoyed talking to you. All right,
0: keep in touch.